Thank you, Lord God. We just thank you that you know us intimately, that you know everything about us, Lord God. I just thank you, Jesus, for that person whose, whose earache last week was, was touched and that you've given them relief in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you know every heart, every person, every challenge that we face here today. And Lord God, we just believe for you to move in our lives this morning, even as we listen to your word as the Holy Spirit, you would have your way in us this morning. Lord, let our thinking about things be changed. Let our understanding about things that is just not quite right be realigned with the truth of who you are. Help us to see, help us to know. And Lord, help us to put our trust in you. We pray in Jesus' mighty and powerful, awesome name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. God is so good and... His word to us is, is always good. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this morning we are continuing our, our series. For those of you who haven't been here, maybe it's your first time here at church, but uh, we're continuing a series this morning. I was about to say called Why Church, but that was a while ago. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the village. It takes a village to make disciples. You know, there's a saying that says, we become like those we spend time with. Has anyone heard that saying before? I'm sure most of us have. We become like those we spend time with. And we want to be a village. We want to be people that become more and more like Jesus. That people that we welcome into this place. That we can help disciple them and help them to become more and more like Jesus. We talked about in the first week about we want to see all people grow to maturity in their faith in Jesus that we just don't want to be people who, who cross the line of faith and say, I know Jesus has saved me, so it doesn't really matter what I do now, I can just live how I want because I know Jesus died for me. That's not God's plan for us. He wants us to grow to maturity in our faith and that we can obey His great commission of going and making disciples of all nations, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to continue this morning on this series, The Village. I just want to pray. Lord God, I just thank you for the words you've put on my heart. I thank you, God, for your word, your word that is powerful and true. And God, I just pray this morning that you would impact our hearts with the things that you desire to this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Who here is into making things? You, you build things, you, you create crafty things, you have that creative flair and desire within you. There's quite a few of you. That's fantastic. And then who, who among us, I wonder if you're willing to admit it, is those people who you know you just shouldn't make things. Because when you try and make things, it just destroys things. You know, we're all different. We all have different skills. We all have different gifts and abilities. It's good to be honest about those things. Give yourself a, like, just say, oh, it's good. I know who I am. I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. That's good. Well, about eight years ago, I decided, we, we moved house into it, we built a new home and we moved in and there was a whole heap of bits of wood lying around. We had a, a, an old fence that was like, it was like a partial fence that was demolished and the new fence went up and I looked at all these scraps in the backyard and I thought, I am going to build a chook shed. So we want some chooks, we want eggs, we haven't had any for about two months, actually we got one this morning, we got one this morning. But uh, we decided to build this chook shed with all these scraps and bits and pieces lying around but how many people know, I wonder how many people have ever tried to build something with those bits that are lying around? And you get halfway through building something with those bits that are lying around, and you think, this would have been so much easier 
if I just went down the street, I bought the bits I needed and built the thing from scratch. Does anyone know that feeling? It's just me. No, there's a few of us. That's good. Anyway, I, I, I was being really environmentally friendly. I was using the recycled timbers and uh, using these parts of fence that were still panels of fencing that were still put together. And we, we made the chook shed anyway. I was going to show you a photo, but I didn't find one. Um, and it was really good. I, I was excited. I, I reckon it looked pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Um, anyway, we, we built this chook shed. It was fantastic. It's been great. But to be honest, I, it's just recently that I started to discover the, uh, the issues with my, my building. Um, and because I was using parts of fences that were already constructed, I didn't want to pull it apart and like, start from scratch. I just wanted to use the, the panels of fencing. But after eight years, it's beginning to become obvious that fence palings are not structurally sound. They're becoming a little curved. And the pieces that I found in the backyard that I thought might have been treated pine, turns out they weren't. And uh, turns out the bits of wood lying in the ground weren't that solid and they're kind of, they're not there anymore. They've kind of disappeared. They've rotted, they've decayed. And it's not that structurally sound. In fact, Rochelle got out there this week and demolished the uh, chicken run part. Had a little scratching space, but uh, that's gone now. And it's still standing. It's, it's okay, but I can just see over the next couple of years, maybe five years, we may need to build a new chook shed. <laughs> this morning, I want to talk about discipleship and how we can always have two different mindsets with discipleship. We can come to God and say, God, I, I'm, I've got this and I've got that and I can do this. And we can try and build something out of our life and say, God, here it is. This is what I can do for you. I'm going I'm to live a great life for you, God. I'm going to please you. I'm going to become a good person. You know, these were all scraps, but I've done my best and, and here it is, God. But the things that we build, our life can never measure up to the glorious standard of Christ. We cannot earn God's forgiveness. We cannot build from the scraps and the things of our life something that can honour God without Him doing the building. God actually wants to make us new and He wants to create something from our life. He wants to make us a new creation. He wants to grow us it's not that he wants to take away, you think of a piece of recycled timber and it has beautiful characteristics and features. It's not like he wants to just wipe away everything that you are and start again. But he wants to create you into the best you that you can be. He wants to shape you and form you, not, not getting rid of all your, your characteristics and, and who you are, but he wants to build those characteristics into the most beautiful life that you could ever become for his glory. So this morning, I want us to turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. I encourage you to bring your Bible along to church so you can open it up. Let your Bible be uh, the most well-known book on your... Don't even leave, leave it on the bookshelf. Leave it out so you can open it up easier. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. And we'll read from there. This is on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. Jesus has already died, he's risen again, he's ascended to the Father, and he sent the Holy Spirit. The, the people are filled with the Holy Spirit, and people are like, this is, this is crazy. And then we get to verse 36, and it says this. This is Peter speaking. He says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain 
that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I love that passage. What a beautiful picture of the beginning of his church. Jesus died, he ascended, and the church was formed. That The disciples believed that there was baptisms and the church began and fellowship in their homes. And, and, and it's just a beautiful picture of a biblical functioning church. We want to be like that biblical function, functioning church. There's three things Peter says that I want to highlight this morning. He says to the people, he says, they said, what do we do? He says, repent, which means to turn away from sin and turn to God. People can talk about repentance and it can, at times it sounds like saying sorry. And it is being sorry for our sin, but it's not just being sorry for our sin. To repent is to actually change our minds. It's to change directions. It's saying, I was going to live for myself. I was going to go after this and this and this, and I was going to build my life this way. But Jesus, I hear your call to come follow me. And I'm changing directions. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to live your way, and I'm not going to chase after my desires. To repent means to, to no longer believe that our way is the best, best way, but Jesus has the greatest plan for our life. He's the one who created us, who knows us. It's to change our minds. It's to change directions and say, God, I'm sorry for my pride, for my arrogance, for the things that I've done, and God, I want to live for you. That's what it means to repent. And he says this, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. In case you've never heard of baptism before. Maybe you're here today and you've never seen someone get baptized, but baptism is a public recognition of our faith in Jesus Christ. And as you do that, we Im you are immersed in water. And that might sound really strange if you've never seen a baptism or you don't know what baptism is, but we bring a, bring a bathtub in here. It's, well, it's like a bathtub. It's not actually a bathtub. We, we, we set up the, the tank over here. We, we fill it with water and, and we baptize a person in the water. Now, the, the, the word baptize actually means immerse. The word baptize is a word you could also use for dyeing a garment. And we believe that baptism is by immersion. It's by com complete covering in the water. If you, if you ask someone to dye your old white t-shirt blue 
and you got some water and sort of sprinkled some water over it, uh, it might look really cool, but it hasn't really been baptized, has it? Like it, it means to immerse, it means to plunge. And, and we, as we baptize people, we believe it's God says it's by immersion. Read in the Bible, they went down into the water and then they came up out of the water. And we, we baptize someone in the water, recognizing that our old life is dead. We bury our old life that we were living for ourselves, and we don't leave them in there. We, we bring them up out of the water. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead three days later, we don't wait for three days, fortunately, but they come up out of the water, showing that we too have new life because of what Jesus has done for us. Peter says, repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that some more in the coming weeks. He says, repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think about my life. I think about my journey in my relationship with God as I've been discipled and as I've grown in, in my faith. When I first believed in Jesus, when I first became a Christian, to be honest, I think it was all about me. When I came to God originally, it was kind of like, God, my life, I, I don't know where it's headed. I feel like it's a mess. and I don't know what to do. But God, I believe that you actually might love me. I actually believe that, Jesus, you, you died on the cross for my sin and that you can help me have eternal life and you can help me in this life. And I, I give you my life. But if I'm really honest, I think a, a lot of my motivation, a lot of my thoughts, it was this salvation is about helping me. This is, God, you've done this for me. And he had. It's an amazing thing. It's the, the greatest moment of my life when I surrendered to Jesus Christ. But as I, as I grew, as I went on, I, I started to see that, you know, this salvation that God has done for me, this is what God has done for me, it actually isn't all about me. My salvation is not about me. My salvation is about me being able to give glory to God. My life is, is, is a gift from God and this gift of salvation, what Jesus has done for me is so that I can glorify Him and I can share the message of this hope with other people. And maybe you're in that journey somewhere, but I believe God wants to bring us to maturity to understand those things and to see that your life is not about yourself, but you exist for the glory of God. And I remember sitting in this church, actually we might have been up in the loft, up in where the air conditioner is now. <laughs> you can't get up there. There was a staircase up there and we got upstairs in the little loft. You had to duck your head or you got a sore one. And, and we were having a Bible study before a baptism that weekend. And we were sitting in there, we were studying baptism and, and we're, we're looking through the verses and then through that Bible study that Friday night in youth when I was uh, 18 years old, um, as we're reading through those verses, I suddenly realized, hey, this is saying, believe in Jesus and then get baptized. And I'm kind of like, why haven't I done this? I believe in Jesus, but I haven't done this baptism thing. And I kind of got a little bit stirred up. I'm like, I've I got to do this. I got home and I got on the phone to Pastor Dave and I'm like, Pastor Dave, I haven't been baptised. Like, I've got to get baptised. And we had a bit of a chat and he's like, well, let's do this. Sunday, here we go. And there was four of us ended up getting baptised that Sunday. But suddenly I realised well, this baptism thing, I need to be obedient to what God has commanded. I want to stand up, I want to declare that Jesus is my saviour. 
this salvation isn't just about for me to enjoy and, and to receive what God has for me and, and just hold on to it, but He wants me to declare what He has done any time I have opportunity. And I was chatting with someone this week about how do you decide when God's calling you to do something? And I say, well, if God's given me opportunity, I'm going to take the opportunity wherever I can to declare what He's done. Another way of saying it might be to say, repent, believe, be baptized, hear His call. Hear what Jesus has done for you. Hear His call to surrender your life, to turn away from a life of sin that leads to death. Hear His call and humble yourself. You know, it, it's, it's humbling to say, I am not good enough. I, I, I have not measured up to the standard of God. I am a sinful human being. It's, it's humbling to say, I can't earn God's forgiveness. I, I cannot build a life that is worthy of, of His standard. It's a humbling thing to do. But as we hear His call, as we turn away from our sin, as we humble ourselves, He will lift us up. And we can know life that we have never known before. As we humble ourselves, He lifts us up. He helps us see life in a totally new way. And it is a good, good thing. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. But don't stay in that place. (laughs) Humble yourselves before the Lord. And He will lift you up in honor. What a privilege that as we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to give us new life, to, to, to lift us up with Christ, that we can know that we are forgiven, that we have eternal life. Eternal life. Last week I was talking about that we can have assurance of our salvation. We can be sure that we are saved and that we are going to enter into eternal life. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast from last week. Get the CD if you need a copy of the CD. You know, we can be tempted to think, I can fix myself up. I can do this. I've just got to get a little bit better. And maybe you know someone, you've invited them to church maybe even, or they've said, you know, I'm going to come to church one day, but I've, I've just got to get things fixed up a little bit more first. It's like, I, I, I know I need to trust in Jesus, but I think I need to deal with this and this and this and actually this and this as well. And you know, maybe then I'll come to church. I, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I know many of us have heard someone say something like that before. But it's a little bit like saying, you know, I need to start getting a little bit healthier. And I'm going to join the gym, but I'm just going to work out and I'm just going to get a little bit fitter before I go. It's like... You go to get fitter. You don't go after you get fitter. You go to get fitter. And God wants us to come with to Him however we are, however broken we are, however humiliated we are by our sin, to just come and say, God, here I am. This is me. I think you're going to break in a song. <laughs> Sorry. My kids sing that song a lot. We can be tempted to think, I can fix myself up, but we cannot. But Jesus has done it all so that we can be made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. 
and He just simply wants us to come. I wonder if you've ever uh, been to Ikea and you've bought some shelves, or you've been to one of those shops that you can buy flat-packed furniture, and you get it home and you're all excited, it's like, yeah, we got this new furniture, and you pull it out of the box, and like three hours later, you've nearly got it together. You're so excited. You've, you've nearly beaten the box. Okay, let's be honest. It's five hours later. And, and you, you, you've got the last two pieces in your hands. And you're looking at the box. And you, you're trying to put those last two pieces in. And you're so excited. Until you realize that piece on, you've put on the right-hand side is meant to be on the left-hand side. And that piece on the left-hand side is supposed to be on the right-hand side. And you've spent five hours building this box There is no going back. I am not pulling it apart. I am not starting again. I'm going to force this thing in there and it's going to go. It's the last thing I do. We start chipping bits off the side of the box. We start scratching it. And finally you throw up your hands and say, fine! And you start to pull apart the box. And you open the instruction manual. (laughs) And you begin to do what you're told to do from the beginning. We want to try and do it ourselves. Human nature is arrogant and sinful and prideful. We want to do it ourselves. We want to think, I can do this. But without God, it is impossible. Without faith in Jesus, it is impossible to please God. And he says, come to me. Hear my way. Let me build your life as it should be. He loves you. We want to try and fix ourselves up, but God wants to make us new. John 15, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and, have, and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. There's other passages that talk about how we were just part of the wild, sinful nature, that sinful bush that has no life from God flowing through it, and God wants to, to remove us from that old sinful life, and He wants to graft us into the true vine that we might have life. But first we need to, to, to die to that old life. And we need to be joined into the vine and joined into the one that gives life. But there's a cutting involved. There's a cutting off of the old life to be joined into the new. That we can have eternal life and that God can do His work in us. We want to try and fix ourselves up, but God wants to make us new. He wants to make you into the person He created you to be. Not just to fix you up a little bit, He wants to make all things new. Now John chapter 12, in the passage just before what David read in about uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet, in John chapter 12, verse 24, it says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me, because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honour anyone who serves me. 
Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me for this hour? Jesus knew where his life was headed at that point. He says, but this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Father, bring glory to your name. Unless a seed dies and is planted in the ground, it cannot bear a harvest. Jesus wants us to recognize that without him we are lost, we are dead, and we will produce nothing apart from him. But he wants us to, to give our life, to be planted, and, and that God would produce a great harvest of, of faith and, and of glory to him through our lives as we surrender to him. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ means to lay down our life. To lay down our life and through our life, God can produce a great harvest of disciples. Your salvation is not for you alone. Your salvation is that you could know the forgiveness of God, that you could know Him, and that you could share the hope that we have with those around us. That God could produce a great harvest of those who know Him and would love Him because of the message of Jesus Christ. There is no crown of life without the cross. There is no life in Him without dying to ourselves. There is no Saviour until we recognise that we are sinners that need a Saviour. But anyone who comes to Him, He will receive Him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And essentially, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's having a relationship with God. The verse we've talked about the last few weeks, Psalm 119, verse 32. I run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. If we see what Jesus has done, if we understand that he has set our heart free, we will run in the path of his commands. We will see that His commands are life for us. It is life to those around us. When we understand that He is good, that He is loving, that He is perfect, that He loves us so much, we will joyfully turn away from our sin and follow after Him. It is the way to life. It is the way to be free. It is the way to fruitfulness. It's the way to a life in God. It's about having a relationship with Him. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, there there, there was no baptism. There there was no baptism. John began to baptize, and and Jesus commanded we be baptized. But in the Old Testament, there's there's no baptism, but we see a lot of washing, a lot of washing and trying to be cleansed of sin. And if you think about it, in Exodus chapter 14, we see Israel passes through the Red Sea, escaping from Egypt. They, They go through the Red Sea. And I guess they didn't really get wet, did they? They weren't immersed in water like... well. The Egyptians were, I guess. But, but Israel were obedient to God's call. Israel passed through the waters and were set free. But it was through obedience to God's call to go. They had some motivation coming from behind too, didn't they? Like, there's an enemy. But they passed through the waters that they could enter into the life that God had for them. You think about that when Joshua led the people across the Jordan River. They passed through the waters of the Jordan before they entered into the promised land. We see in Exodus 30, God's instructions for the priests. He says they must wash their hands and feet before they enter the the Holy of Holies. Before they come before God's presence, they must wash. And if they don't, they will die. And the stories about uh, people 
saying that the, the priests, before they went into the temple, before they went into the Holy of Holies, they'd, they'd tie a rope around their foot or their, their waist so in case they fell down dead before God's presence, they could be pulled out. To be honest, I'm not sure if that story's true because I believe that God had given them strict instructions about what they were to do and they had faith in Jesus, in God. Uh, I don't know, there's no biblical reference to say that is a fact, but they had a great respect for the presence of God. They understood the holiness of God, God's glorious standard. It was a, a, a righteous, a, a holy fear of God that they had. And it was only by washing that they, they, and, and obeying God's commands that they could enter God's presence. But then we, we look at the New Testament and we see Jesus as he sits with his disciples as they're eating one day. Some of the religious people come up to him and they say, Hey Jesus, why don't your disciples wash their hands? Why aren't they being cleansed and washing and doing the ceremonies that we do? And Jesus is kind of like, well, it's not what we eat and drink that defiles us. It's not the words that we say that, that defile us or make us clean. It's, he talks about from the heart sinful things come. It's our heart that defiles us. And Jesus begins to paint a picture of it. It's not by physical washing that we are saved. He points out that it's our heart, it's our sinful nature that needs washing away. And Jesus came that that could be washed away by his blood. He was the sacrifice to cleanse us from all sin. It's not by the washing of our hands. It's not through going into the water of baptism that we're saved. It's by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Baptism is about declaring that we have been washed by the blood of Jesus. There is no magical power to the waters of baptism. Baptism is about declaring that Jesus is my saviour and as he's commanded me to do, I am going to do my best to live for his glory. I'm going to obey his call to believe and be baptised. It's saying I already have faith in Jesus. I know he has washed my sin away. That's why I love baptism so much. It's such an exciting day. And I encourage you, if you haven't yet taken that step of baptism, consider it, think about it, and and hear his call to be baptized. I want to read two last passages before I finish this morning. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 4 says, Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We don't have to wait for one day that maybe we'll be saved. We have the victory. We are saved through the blood of Jesus. Through faith in Him, we have salvation. And we bury the old life. We don't want to leave it lying around. We can point to that day and say, I have been baptized. I have been, I, I put my faith in Jesus and I've declared that my life is His. Colossians chapter 2 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He counseled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. And he goes on to say about, about obeying special holy days and ceremonies. 
It says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying you've had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud and they have not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ and he has, not he will, he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. What a privilege. What an honour that we can share in the glory of God, that we can share in giving glory to God. That we can know our sin is forgiven, is washed away, that we are new and that we can be a part of glorifying Him forever in eternity. What a privilege, what an honour. Let's think about these things. Let's wake up each day and, and think about the realities of heaven. Not the situations that we face on this earth, but to think about what God has done for us. For the victory we have in Him. And be encouraged day by day as we wake up that we have life because of Him. That no weapon formed against us will prosper because he has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. I want to ask the band to come up and I just want to ask you three questions before I close. Have you asked God to forgive your sin? Have you repented of your sin and said, God, I am sorry for my, my sinful life of, of trying to live for myself and ignoring you? God, I'm, I'm sorry for the way I've lived and I want to turn, I want to follow you, Jesus. Maybe you don't fully even know what that looks like yet, but you know in your heart you need to do it. You can make that decision this morning. You can choose to ask God to forgive your sins even right now today. Have you asked God to forgive your sins? And if you have, have you taken the step of baptism? Or if, you, if you're making that decision today, will you Choose to take that step of baptism, to hear God's call to, to, to repent, believe and be baptised for the forgiveness of your sin. It's not by baptism that we are saved, but it's a step of obedience that God calls us to after salvation. And I want to encourage you, if you know that you are saved, if you know Jesus died for you, to be obedient to that call. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can't go and do that for others unless we have first done that. You know, miraculously, God can sort of do it as we go, but we need to be obedient to God's call for us. And for those of us who have taken that step of baptism, are we continuing to live in obedience to Him? Are we continuing to go on in this life of following Jesus, of hearing his call and, and, and following after him. You know, baptize, baptize means to immerse. And, and, and when we baptize someone, we immerse them in water. But Jesus wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. He wants us to live in, in constant relationship with him. Are we living a life immersed in him? 
Are we living a life totally aware of His presence day by day? I believe God wants to lead us into that, into that fullness of knowing His presence day by day, hearing His thoughts as we go about our day, being reminded of His Word as we go about our day. It's not that we just need to try harder. We just need to surrender to Him and say, God, please help me. God, help me. Help me to do this. Let this become my reality, God. And I believe God will answer your cry. He will answer your prayer. It's been a real encouragement and blessing to me this week as I've heard about and even seen so many people picking up the Firm in the Faith booklet by Barry Chant that we've made available to you. Um, We want to be the village that makes disciples and we want to give you this tool. If you haven't got a copy, there's some spare copies up the back still there. This isn't a super special booklet or anything, but this is a tool to help you get into the Bible, open it up, and find out what it says. The questions, if you've started it, you'll know, aren't super hard. But as you go through the process of opening the Bible and writing down what it says, God will speak to your heart. And I've been so encouraged to hear that uh, people who've been Christians for 20, 30 years, as they've opened it, as they've gone through the study together, they've just been like, we just had the most amazing time together. I've seen some of our youth catching up with other people and going through this study and, and young adults and And I believe this is a blessing for us. Like I said last week, open the Bible. Don't just guess what it says. Don't just skip to the next question. Write it down like it says. And I believe you'll be blessed as you do. I want to encourage you. If you haven't got a copy or if you have already, open it up. Even if you read it by yourself, just take some time to to put it aside and say, God, I want to grow. I want to grow to maturity in my faith that I also can help others grow to maturity in their faith. I want to encourage you in that this morning. Let's be the village that makes disciples. Let's be the village that God created us to be. Let's be the church that God created us to be and believes for us to become. Can we stand this morning? We're going to finish with a song in just a moment. God, I just pray this morning. I pray, God, that you would, Lord, just draw us after yourself. Lord, help us to hear your call. Help us to see who you are. Let us just have revelation of your love, God, day by day, that we would be aware of who you are, the realities of heaven, of what you have done for us through the cross. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that if we humble ourselves before you, if we will turn away from just trying to live for ourselves, that you forgive us our sins, and that you give us eternal life. That we can have relationship with you day by day by day. Well, God, as the words of this song say, if more of you means less of me, take everything, Lord. Lord, we want to surrender even right now, God, and say, God, have your way in me. We don't want to just try and fix ourselves up and become a better person. We want you to have your way in us as John the Baptist said you must become more and more we must become less and less we want to be the people you created us to be and Lord Jesus we surrender to you this morning thank you Jesus